calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. This is the second week that I am without Doc Rock. So as I've said last week, anything is possible. Anything <laughs> is possible here in the Inspire studio. We're having fun. We're in the holiday season. I have my giant martini glass filled with chocolate. So things are going to get wild up in here. <laughs> and I'm really, really excited to be hanging out here today. Whether you are listening later or hanging out with us in our live studio audience like Parker is. Parker is always first. But we see Earl's hanging out. Paul's hanging out. The whole crew is here. Whether you are here in the live studio audience or you are listening later, this is our end of year Q&A episode. And because I know that there are some of you out there watching or listening who have questions but haven't had the courage to ask them yet... I have a special guest here today. I tricked my childhood favorite person, closest friend in the world, who has never podcasted or live streamed before to join me today from her home in Montreal to ask all of the dumb questions for you. So she's been tasked with thinking of every possible question in the world of podcasting. We're going to take questions from the live crew, uh, and we're just going to talk generally all about podcasting because this is the last episode of the year. We are taking a break next week. Doc is still out. I have holiday things going on, and then we'll be back again first thing in January. So I just, once again, I just can't thank you all enough for being on this journey with us. It has been six months. We launched right at the beginning of August. We've made it to the end of the year. Episode 21, we have not given up or <laughs> lost ourselves to pod fade yet. So it's just been really awesome. And I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you for being on this journey with us. Without further ado, let's bring on the crew. Luis and Natalie are here. 
<laughs> it's so fun to have a producer who can push all the buttons. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Thanks for being here, Nat. Thanks for being here, Luis. My pleasure. It's fun to be here. Yeah, I, I know. We were joking before the show started. This can be our first question as we warm up all of our podcasting questions. Who here, you know, l- let us know in the comments so we can feel love. But we were talking all about Die Hard. We are diehard fans. We are diehard fans of Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Yes. So don't fight Absolutely. us here in the comments. <laughs> but, but it is our annual tradition uh, at the Fox household to video call in Natalie and to watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve while wrapping gifts. So that is on the horizon coming up here in a couple of days. It is not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the tower. He's got to fall off that tower. I know. And and Luis was saying that, that Todd, who maybe is watching today, uh, from Christmas Clatter was having this discussion. So once once this episode wraps, we'll have to jump over there and grab that episode to take a listen to. It's just been such a crazy podcasting journey over the last six months. So I guess I, I'll kick off as Natalie thinks of questions. <laughs> and Paul reminds everyone that it is a Christmas movie. Yes. Um, thank you, Paul. Thank you for thank backing you. us up. Thank you. Thank you for backing us up. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll have people arguing on the other side. But but yeah, I, I will say if you have been if you're newer to joining us on this show, it's been really awesome kind of figuring out what starting a podcast is in 2022, what the potential of podcasting is and how video works together. <laughs> I love all these, all these diehard responses. But yeah, it's, it's been a really, it's been an interesting journey. And I think when we first started off, the, the concept was like, we're going to do a video podcast. We're going to do it about video podcasting and about workflows. But it's just been really neat seeing how effective live streaming is alongside podcasting. So if you're like an audio only podcast person, you don't have to do our format to be adding in video. You could add in, you know, events, you know, live events or, you know, special fun video moments and still, still be able to incorporate video in. It's been a fun journey. And then we, we forced Louise to be our podcast producer and that saved us a whole bunch of time. (laughs) I love the fact that you say that you forced me to do something that I have so much fun doing. I found this like to be, what is it like a, a, a step up in the ladder, so to speak. It was kind of like a, a promotion. That's the word, right? <laughs> like instead of saying like that, I saw it as a promotion because I first started here with the flow as just being the editor, right? And editing these podcasts, the most difficult thing was actually waiting for the files to get uploaded with all of our busy schedules. Yeah. And it was while we were in Massachusetts and we were trying to figure out how to produce this podcast while we were producing a live event, which was the leap into podcast. So we were trying to figure and fit all of this stuff in at the same time. And it just like hit us that one of the key features of Ecamm is that we can actually remote produce, which is what I've been doing since that point. And that totally took all of like the the configuration, the headaches away from Doc and Katie And that just literally made it the flow. Like, I think that's when we hit our flow. (laughs) That's when we hit our flow. Right. And we just started getting things done correctly because of the fact that, you know, I was able to take on that role. And it was just kind of like one of these like moments. We should have been doing this from the get go. 
But starting as an editor, I only saw it as the editing aspect. And then now to produce it, I am able to have all the recorded files as soon as we're done with the live stream. So I no longer have to put like the burden or even wait for Doc and Katie to upload the files. I already have them so I can get to work as soon as we're done. Yeah, it makes a really big difference. So, uh, you know, for those who don't know what our our flow or our process is, and for Natalie, who's learning, is <laughs> live learning. I'm like, I have questions. I understand the words, but I don't understand how they work together. <laughs> awesome. All right. So here, here is the flow of this podcast. So we go live to YouTube every Tuesday at noon. That's what we're doing right now in front of what now we affectionately call our live studio audience, which makes me feel very like Ellen. I'm like, hi, I'm Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> in front of our live studio audience. And we we go through the topic for that day. And usually when Doc's here, he's he's much better at intros and outros than I am. So we do, you know, our housekeeping, hanging out with uh, all of our live viewers. And then we stop and we do kind of like a deep breath and a countdown. And then it's a, we're in recording mode and we're really focused on the content and the guests that we have on. And then at the end, we open it up to a Q&A only for our live studio audience. And as Luis was saying, you know, when we first started off, Doc was producing the show. So he was the one who was actually streaming out using Ecamm to YouTube. And then at the end of it, he'd have all of the files. And then I'd have the files I was recording on my end. And we'd, you know, trying to remember before the next thing hit to upload those and say, like, here are these files, Luis. And here are these files, Luis. And Luis would take those files and, and edit them all into our audio-only podcast and then into, like, the final produced video podcast, which goes back up onto YouTube. So having Luis drive the show and be able to push all the buttons just means that then it's recording that directly onto his computer instead of all of our computers. And so it saved a ton of time because we only have a week window. So when we go live the following Tuesday, so today, last week's episode of The Flow dropped onto you know Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the different audio only. So all of our live audience people who are amazing and who are here get to a, ask all their questions live so they get to you know be early and then they get the content before anyone else which is awesome so that that is our our general structure and then that allows us a week for Luis to dive deep and do all of the editing and the audio cleanup and everything that he needs to do and for us to grab the transcript and you know put together the closed captions and show notes and shorter video clips and promotions but it's really become this like very seamless process now because we each have things that we're doing, you know, Doc, Doc even though he's in Japan, <laughs> still been p- pushing the podcast out to all of the audio-only platforms through our partners at Captivate. I'm still doing all the transcripts. Luis is still editing all the show, so it comes together. Here's another thing, like, Katie, did you remember to hit record? I did. I did. I, I did. I've, I've gotten so good at that. Okay, because you see, because I forgot to mention it today because we were having such a cool like behind the scenes conversation that I totally forgot to mention it. But one of the key benefits of me being able to produce it was that I feel that the conversation between you and Doc really elevated because you guys didn't have to think about all the technical stuff and could just literally have a conversation. And then if there were times that either one of you would forget to record on your end and I needed those files. Those files no longer existed. And then I would have to download the file from YouTube that we just uploaded so I can get like the audio, which wasn't the best. So as soon as I started producing and I had the video, the audio files and everything here, it really did streamline everything. Yeah. So when 
when, say, Katie or Doc forgot to hit record and you had to download it from YouTube, did that change the quality of the end product? Absolutely, because the quality that you're recording directly into your computer is the highest quality. Everything else that, you know, is being transmitted or downloaded is going to be compressed in one way or another to make that transfer as smooth as possible. But that's what degrades the quality of the video feed. So that's another scenario where Doc forgot to turn on another program that we use, one of our sponsors, <laughs> Speedify. What actually happened was that Ecamm prioritizes the audio. So that was good. But the video feed really started coming in and breaking apart. So the fact that he was able to record a high quality audio and video feed directly to his computer, I was able to then grab that file from him and use that as the upload that really cleaned up everything. And that's why we do the edits. So here in the flow, we hit the podcast in all three ways. Like we're doing the live right now. And then we go and we clean it up to make it an audio only podcast. And then on top of that, we add the same audio podcast with the video cleaned up on top of it as a second video podcast onto YouTube as well. Yeah. So I have like a very newbie podcast question. Yeah, no, this is great. This is why yeah, all the, all the questions today. <laughs> What's the advantage of having a video podcast, an audio podcast mm. and or both? <laughs> okay, I I will start with and or both, right? Because it's gonna cover it's gonna cover it. Well, that's where we're at. So that's exactly a good place to start. the one of the things that I really enjoy is the fact that I feel that the conversation really gets elevated when you're able to see someone's expression. Because even though I'm talking right now, you guys are nodding and agreeing with me, <laughs> giving me that reassurance of what I'm speaking, which is what happens in a natural conversation. When you doing an audio only podcast is more like a phone call, which even though you can get, you know, like kind of passionate about it, you end up stepping over each other's voices because you really don't have that affirmation or really understand or maybe even sometimes come with that. Are you still there? You know, because yeah. you hear nothing <laughs> from that end. Yeah. That's one of the key things. But then when you're dealing with the actual video side is that it helps when you put it on the correct platform like YouTube that we do because YouTube is an SEO or search engine optimizing machine. So the flow, the hashtags, all of the text that Katie's talking about, you know, the SRT files and all the buttons that we press here, all that really helps to get the flow name out into the search engines being Google so that you can find it. But then when it comes to podcasting itself, the audio file, the number one is Apple podcast. And that's why you would still need to go through the traditional forms because that's where the platform is based. So you would still hope and aspire to get all of the listens on the traditional forms of podcasting, you know, we upload through Captivate, right? Yeah. And Captivate, Captivate basically takes our file and all the information and data that we put into it and it sends it out to all of the places where podcasts can be listened to. Yeah. So that's Apple, that's Spotify, that's so we only need to send through one and then they basically optimize the file for each one of those platforms. So they're kind of the 
the central place that sends that podcast out to all the, the different places, which makes it really nice because Captivate also holds all of our analytics and our data. And, you know, if we, if we want to go back in and do things like run ads in our podcast or, um, you know, change, change the information, you know, maybe, you know, we've had a couple of times where it's like, we were going to have a guest and like, it fell through last minute and we, and we did a completely different topic. So we can go back in and change any of that data and it just updates in all of those places. So, and, and captures all of the listening data as well. So we can see, you know, where are most of our listeners listening to? Are they, are they downloading it onto their device and then listening to it? Are they just listening to it? All of that information is in Captivate. So it makes it really easy to see like what episodes and topics were the most popular. And But the one thing that the standard podcasting through Captivate and all of the podcatchers really doesn't do is promote because they're there. And then that's when you have to push your own podcast. And that's how podcasting has been done basically up to this point. Always, yeah. But now that it's more commonplace and people understand it, they're able to see like kind of an advertisement for a podcast on YouTube because that's now something that they're implementing. So you can find a podcast that you like, see the people having the conversation. And even though you cannot sit and watch YouTube all day, because you found them on YouTube, now you're able to go into your podcatcher and find it on whichever podcast or platform that you use, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music or whatever, you're still going to be there so that then you get that new listener and you might catch them on the audio only side. Yeah, you can trade back and forth. That's actually how I found pretty much every podcast I listen to, which is a very <laughs> limited amount of true crime podcasts. But yeah, that's exactly how I found them was on like a YouTube ad. I'm like, ooh, murder. I'm down. Let's listen to that. <laughs> and then, But I listen to it. I don't, I never watch it. <laughs> exactly. You don't watch it. You listen to it, but you were able to find it because the system that YouTube really does have into play for putting your content in front of the right viewers is just second to none. So that's where the huge benefit of adding that video podcast aspect comes into play. Yeah. Oh, Steven's got a great question here. Steven wants to know, is there a step-by-step -step framework PDF for video podcasts? So we have a few downloads that you can grab at any point if you go ecamtv slash flow freebies, all one word. You can grab a video checklist for video podcasting. Um, I believe there's one on like how to choose the best microphone. There's I think three or four that are in there and we're always growing that. So that folder is there for you. But I mean, really what we just said, so you're really thinking through, if you really want to be able to reach a big audience, you need to be putting your content where your audience lives, right? So as we just said, like YouTube is owned by Google. It's the second largest search engine in the world. It's likely at some point it's going to probably even become the biggest search engine in the world as more and more people are, you know, in a video first mentality and a video first space. So having a video option, even if it's not your weekly podcast is huge in discoverability. Yeah. And then getting, you know, finding a really good podcast host, be it Captivate or someone else to be able to take the audio side of it and get it out to all of those different platforms um, is hugely important to being able to reach because everyone has a favorite, right? So like there are some people that are solely team Spotify. There are some people who are like, heck no, only Apple. <laughs> there are people who are only Amazon music. You know, there's, I'm Google. See, yeah, there you go. Google, I'm right? I'm Google. 
Yeah, see? So, and we're there. You, <laughs> you can download <laughs> to us on Google, right? Because, uh, yeah, but you need to be... You need to be thinking that through. And then before we jumped on to today's episode, we were talking behind the scenes about and reminding Natalie that if I was to say, you know, be demoing something, like if your podcast content is, you know, maybe you're walking someone through an app. Like if we were to open up Captivate and show you what Captivate looked like, we could do that in video, but then we would have to be thinking through our audio only listeners and really describing what that experience is like, because those people, you know, have us in their ears. They can't they can't see. So, you know, we could be like, look how amazing Captivate is. And like talking through all, they'd be just be frustrated and they would likely take us out of their ears and find something else to listen to. So I think really thinking through, you know, if you have a similar workflow to us, we have a number of different audiences that are really important for us to be thinking through as we are recording, as we're live streaming. We have our live viewers, people like Earl and Spazia and Paul Duncan and Stephen, I can see them all in the chat hanging out with us, asking questions. They're here in the now. They want responses. They want us to engage with them and talk with them. Those are our live viewers. We're going to have replay viewers later who find either this video or our produced video, and they weren't here live. So if we are only talking to the live audience and we're not creating any kind of new content, they're just going to be cheesed off. They're like, this wasn't fun. I found it's like coming to a party and no one <laughs> no one is left at the party, right? So you have to really be thinking through those replay viewers. And then you have to be thinking through your podcast listeners, right? So they don't have the visual, you know, and maybe they don't want to, you know, watch or engage with the podcast in a visual, in a video format. So you need to be thinking, you know, they're, they're driving or cleaning their house or walking their dog or, <laughs> and they can't see everything that you're talking about. So you have to really be thinking through those different audiences and the format of your podcast is so important if you're going to go to those different places and why we do kind of the um, beginning and end that we do. So you know, this episode is a different kind of thing because we're taking live questions and we're just, we're going to say them out loud so everyone can hear them. But usually we keep questions to the very end and then we just trim that part off so that our replay viewers, they, they miss that, but they don't know. They can join us live <laughs> the following time. They don't feel as though they're excluded. And our listeners, you know, the same thing. They're just getting the main content that, that matters and we're not getting distracted by all of our awesome people. Earl says that he's doing a live stream podcast just like us. That's awesome. And yeah, Steven says Captivate uh, has a great framework for audio. Captivate um, makes it really, really easy. Is it kind of like, and I might be dating myself, but is it kind of like Hootsuite? <laughs> is it like a Hootsuite, but for podcasts? That That's an interesting way to approach it. Sort of. Yeah. Like I mean, posting to all your platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually a really great way to put it. I might steal that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It dumbs down the process for people like me who, you know, don't come from a podcasting or radio or TV background, it's plug and play. So, you know, it's like, enter your podcast title here, put in the description here, you know, it's like upload the file here. So it's very, very easy. Anyone can do it. And again, as I said, if you make mistakes, you can go back and edit it. So it's not like it's over, you've ruined it <laughs> once you put it out, which is, um, you know, I think makes it a lot friendlier it when we were going through and doing it. I think you mentioned it before. Um, I do know what SEO is because being a kid in the 80s and 90s and the beginning of the internet, <laughs> we used to do organic SEO all the time. Yeah. Um, that was just, you know, making a web page on Angel Fire. Or <laughs> People will have no idea what that means. I apologize. Uh, but <laughs> it's like hashtags. Hashtags used to be behind the scenes instead of on the front, right? Yeah. So in 
capture, is that where you could put your hashtags so people, so that search engines can grab it? Yeah, Captivate lets you do all of your metadata, right? Anything that's public facing, but also all those behind the scenes categories. And when you're starting a podcast, like obviously you want a catchy name, a logo, you know, some graphics, you want it, you want to kind of build a brand, but also you need to be thinking through like, who are your listeners and potential listeners on the other side? What categories do they fit in? So like, you know, if you're a sports podcast, like you're clearly going to want to be like, okay, we're a sports podcast. We're a sports hockey podcast. We're a sports hockey Montreal podcast because we're awesome. <laughs> so like you want to um, you want to collect all those categories and you want to enter all of that data into a tool like Captivate so that when they're sending it out, they're making sure your podcast gets into the right categories and spaces on all those platforms on Apple and Spotify and Amazon and Google and all those places. But yeah, though now Earl has another question here that I'm going to bring up. He says, do you guys know how to get your podcast onto the podcast tab of YouTube? Which is exactly what we're talking about right now, because when it comes to the SEO, YouTube could promote your podcast, even if it's just because of a particular subject. So that's how the algorithm works with the YouTube system where the actual conversation that you're having could be what sends it to a lot of people instead of a particular hashtag. So the way to get your podcast into the podcast tab of YouTube is to literally name it a podcast and make a podcast. It's really not that much different because at the moment they don't have a category of saying this is a podcast type video. They only have general categories. So if your podcast is about cars, then it will be an automotive podcast categorized that way. But just the fact that you're saying, hey, welcome to my podcast, and you continue to speak about it and format in that way, YouTube will take care of the rest and classify it that way, just the same way that they classify your video shorts into a separate category or your live streams into a separate category. Their system is so top notch. And that's why we recommend putting it on this platform, because you have that much more, I guess, ability to be discovered. Yeah. And at the moment, I mean, this could change as they because YouTube podcast is, is really new. It's just only in the last few months. But at the moment... Like Louis said, YouTube is trying to compete with, you know, with Spotify and with a couple of the other places where they're, those existing podcast networks are starting to add video in. YouTube's like, well, we already own all the videos, so we'll just add podcasts in on our side. So it's a, you know, a little bit of a war that's happening. But because YouTube is such a hugely powerful search engine and has, you know, the best algorithms in the world, you have them at the moment doing all of the work for you. So unlike a Captivate where you need to put in those tags, put in your description, put in your content. As Luis is saying, you you certainly need to still add, a, obviously, a title and a, and a relevant description into YouTube as you would with a video, but they're doing all of the rest of the work for you based on the information you put in. So again, yeah, like that's why we, you know, we in our description for this show are always like description for the specific episode, but then below it, we have a template that we use that says, you know, the, the flow is a weekly podcast. You can catch our video podcast on YouTube (laughs) so that they, you know, they understand their algorithm and their bots understand like, oh, okay, this is a weekly podcast that's happening on YouTube. We're going to put that over here into our podcast tab. Again, that might change. They may build out an entire like subset of YouTube that is podcasting where you need to apply or, you know, or 
fill out inf- specific information or do a checkbox that says, you know, hey, YouTube, this is podcast. But but yeah, at the moment, it really it's just a matter of just saying what you are and, you know, adding hashtags in and adding the relevant information in every single episode that you put so that they know what you are and what you're talking about. Yeah. Because to give a little context, everyone talks about podcasts and the RSS feeds, right? And the RSS really stands for, if you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it stands for really simple syndication, which is RSS, right? And the simple syndication actually has a lot to do with the way that it's designed. So like YouTube is that much more advanced than an RSS feed that they're going to have to kind of downgrade themselves to actually implement it if that makes any sense. So we're waiting to see how YouTube is going to implement an older technology into their system or if they're just going to have to feed their information to the really simple syndication, which is RSS. Yeah. There's so many great questions, everyone. Thank you so much. It looks like Joe um, is asking, so the word podcast in the description and use it in the first and last sentence. Yeah, I will, I will warn you, there is like a limit. You should always talk like a person and not like a robot. So don't, you know, don't be like, it's the Joe podcast. In this podcast, I'm podcasting about podcast. I love podcast, hashtag podcast, hashtag video pod. Don't overdo it, but, you know, always really think through the more, you know, as the more advanced that tools like Google and YouTube get, the more they are trying to mimic actual, you know, human conversation and writing. So you just really want to be as descriptive as possible and put, you know, all relevant information in and think, you know, don't try to be cutesy with things. So like if you have a really cute podcast name, which is super fun, that's great. But then you're going to want to say, you're going to want to really lead with what it is. So it's like you're we have friends, uh, Natalie and I have friends who just launched a podcast called If These Balls Could Talk, which is a sports podcast. That's so funny. Adorable, cute. Shout out to them and their awesome Great podcast. Name. But so they want to be like really clear probably in their description to say like, If These Balls Could Talk is a sports podcast all about, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And so they can have their title in there, but they do want to make sure that, you know, they're very clear with like what it is, when it is. What's the frequency of it? How can people find you? Do they have a website? All of that information goes into your podcast description. Title can go sideways. Exactly. Yeah, the title, <laughs> the title can go sideways. You know, maybe it's like just the specific episode titles and they don't. Sports, not um, an anatomy podcast, a sports podcast. <laughs> Family-friendly sports podcast. Oh, that's so good. Uh, great question. Oh, more questions coming. All right, I'm, I'm reading through them. So Spatia asks, Tech question. Is there a way to receive two interviews from the same place with same on-site computer? I want to interview two people at the same time from the same location. This is a great question. It is absolutely doable. Luis probably knows a bit better than me, but we, yes, it is. You're just going to really need to be careful about audio bleed. Is that the right word, Luis? Like you, you don't want, if you're all in the same space, but you're kind of coming in from different places, you're either going to want to be like next to each other and using a microphone where you can plug it into a a mixer, like a Rodecaster Pro or something like that, so that your mics are not going into each other and you're getting like echo and um, it's probably not the right word. Doc would yell at me. He'd be like, it's not an echo. You said it right with the bleed. When you get audio bleed, when you're hearing the other person speak, because even though you're trying to make it seem like you know, oh, I'm in this location or they're in a different location. They're really in the same room, 
but they're both connecting to you through their own feed. That's the echoey sound. Exactly. The echoey sound. It's super technical. It's the echoey sound. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. To prevent that, right? Um, I've been using this new program. I mentioned it to Kate about it's called Crisp Audio and it actually removes everything. So, for example, my my air conditioning has been turning on and off throughout this entire podcast. Yet I know it's not coming through because I'm actually looking at the level. So that could be a simple you know, addition to your setup that could probably and most likely eliminate that bleeding effect, even if they're in the same room. But then can you actually do it? Absolutely. So what I do weekly is produce the the live stream and this uh, podcast. So what I do is I have Katie log in from Massachusetts, Doc call in from Hawaii, and then I broadcast it from Miami to the internet. You know, so that's how it's done. And you'd be doing the same exact thing, but just trying to make sure that their audio is clean and that nobody's walking into each other's shot, right? And that's it. And Crisp, um, Stephen posted it here as well, but it's K-R-I-S-P, if you're listening, is an awesome, awesome tool. Amesbury is always, I was joking about this last week, burning down or having emergencies. So inevitably, I'm right in the middle of something important and it's like fire trucks in the background or some or the coffee maker kicks on and starts like running a cycle in the background. So there's always some, so, you know, some kind of background sound. So having crisp makes it just gives me a level of confidence that none of that is going to end up making extra hours of work for Luis on the other end. Katie told me about a time where she was there in the office and apparently Ken um, was walking by with his iPhone playing music and then the HomePods picked it up and started blasting music while she's on a live conversation and she's like, where's the music coming from? So, you know, anything could happen. Well, luckily you guys aren't hearing my cats fighting in the background right now because there's some like royal rumble happening in my house. Um, You guys would probably be concerned if you could actually hear it. (laughs) (laughs) They're fine. They're fine. I love it. it. Let's go. All right. I'm scrolling through. I think we're caught up on questions from our amazing live studio audience. And Paul has been madly dropping in all of our links, which I really appreciate. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're not here in the live studio audience, um, tools that we've talked about are Captivate, which is our podcast host. They are Captivate.fm. They're in, I think, almost all of our show notes, but just in case. You can obviously leave a review for us. We prefer Apple because that's where everyone lives, but you can find that on your Apple podcast. Um, just see, obviously, Natalie hasn't left a review. She's like looking down and really, no, just kidding. <laughs> I'll leave it on Google. <laughs> um, yeah, she, her reviews up on Google, exactly. All right. And then Crisp, which we just talked about, K R I S P dot A I is the link there if you're looking for a tool to help with some of that audio magic. <laughs> Steven says that he's got two crazy dogs barking and a gardener with leaf blowers. I know every single time I never like never ever lets you down. You're like, okay, great. It's all quiet. I've tested everything feeling really good. And then something, something happens here in this space. We are down the hall. As many of you know, from, from a nonprofit kids coding school, which is super fun. But if I do streams between like three and six on a weeknight, inevitably there's a giant walking dog robot. And he's, you know, he's just like, boom, 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 like through the hallways. So you need to, Crisp is a lifesaver. On that front. 
Oh my gosh. All right, Natalie, what other questions do you have? Okay, so we kind of covered it, but when when you're you want to do a podcast, you you have this great idea, um, or you hope it's a great idea, and how do you go about searching where you can find your audience? Like if like if you're me and I'm really new to this, you know, and like we were talking just pre-show that you know Katie and I keep going on about how we want to do like a '90s movie review podcast. We sure do. I think it's a brilliant idea, <laughs> but I mean, how do I search this? How do I figure out if this is a workable idea or even if it's not necessarily, how do I find my audience? Like, what can I search? I don't know. I have no idea. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing at this point? No idea. What am I doing? This is the best newbie question of all time. It is. It is. It's And it's so true. I think two things. One, in the in the instance of something like that, where it's us and we're being ridiculous and we're converting our like regular BFF chat on Thursday night to a public forum, <laughs> we likely care much less about like how big the audience is, right? Like it would be fun, ha ha ha, silly if you know if we were able to actually grow it to a substantial audience and and be able to do it on a regular basis. But also like if just, you know, two other people show up also fine like we would still have fun exciting for me but (laughs) so i think in that case it probably matters a little less what matters more there is like just getting it up for us to just stop talking about it and actually do it and the more that we are excited and talk about it on you know on facebook and instagram and all of our like personal platforms the more all of people who know us and people who know the people who know us you know it spreads out that way of just recommendation and, and and it will get to the right audience if you're doing it for a you know a business or you're doing it as a marketing vehicle or you know the the specific audience matters a lot more then i would say and i'm interested to hear what luisa has to say about this but i would i would say that just doing a search for other similar podcasts and seeing what their descriptions are and their tags and where they're putting their podcast is a good starting point not only to find the right audience but also to just see what they're doing and kind of what your, you know, quote unquote competition is in the space so that you can kind of find the right positioning. And they may also be the perfect place to ask to be a guest on their show or to interact with them in some way, because most people will find a new podcast through a podcast they love, right? So like thinking about those podcasts that you can be a guest or you can maybe advertise on their podcast or connect with them or trade off in some ways is a good way to kind of do the first starting points of growing that audience or finding that audience. What do you think, Luis? I think, you know, first off, you nailed it. I have to agree with like everything that you said, because, yeah, that's exactly what you need to think about. But one thing that we mention here a lot and when it comes to starting your podcast is that it has to kind of be a passion project, right? It has to be something that you're willing to do, even if you don't get the hypothetical, all the listeners, because when it comes to podcasting, the numbers for you to be what is considered a successful or top tier podcast is nothing compared to what we expect as far as millions and millions of views on YouTube. Yeah. Right. So when you start thinking about who your audience is, that is the key question that I think people lose focus on, but should be emphasized in because When you have 12 listeners, but they're dedicated listeners and they're what we would call you like your ride or die, right? Like your hardcore fans. If you had 12 people 
in a bar at a get together, most people will be overwhelmed to be the person speaking in front of 12 whole physical people. <laughs> Yet, if someone were to put a podcast out and have 12 listeners when, you know, these podcasting platforms are not designed to get your podcast out there, but somehow word of mouth has gotten 12 people to listen to your podcast when you're first starting out, that is actually like incredible because their systems are not set. And that's why we also recommend to do the video side because the discoverability on different platforms, whether you're just posting a clip on Instagram reels or that you just started the same named TikTok account so you can put little excerpts and, and cuts of your actual long form content or podcast out there is what the discoverability aspect of those platforms are really great at. So that's how you would perceivably look for your audience to expand. But also keep in mind that it's Roberto Blake. He mentioned this and I always reference it, right? <laughs> if you had 12 people in a room, 30 people in a room, I really doubt that you would ignore those 30 people and head out to the hallway to say, hey, I need more people in this room before I start speaking, right? Yeah. It's That's it's kind of have that it. mentality, right? So once you have that, you have anyone's attention, right? That is the most valuable thing. So cherish that and then really start building on that because what you want is more people like the 12 that you first you know, initially started. And those are going to be the ones that advocate for you to be like, I've been listening to this podcast for years. You really need to check it out. That takes a lot of pressure off too. Because <laughs> it's like, when you think like, okay, I have this great idea. I'm going to do this. It's it's gonna work super well. I'm doing it with my best friend, and we can maybe monetize it. And just that, like that, maybe that future distant maybe causes so much pressure and makes me be like, do we really need to do this? We don't really have time to do this. Maybe we just won't do it at all. But if you think about it, okay, like I just want a handful of people to be my friends online. I'm like, oh well, that's super doable. <laughs> yeah, like think about it, like an online book club, something that could be small, right? but has the potential for anything. But the thing that I always want to emphasize is like the reason why you want to start the podcast is because you're having fun is because you love the conversation that you have with Katie talking about the movies. So then you want to share that with everyone else and bring the type of people that are going to enjoy that same type of conversation. Yeah. I feel like when you're thinking about podcasting, it's so true, Luis, what you just said that you're like, Okay, you like even if it's a for fun podcast, you're like, well, you know, if I don't have a thousand listeners, you know, I failed. It's like it's it's over. You kind of take the fun right out of it. Yeah. A, you take the fun right out of it. And B, most podcasts do not have that kind of listenership. Like there are podcasts that are incredibly successful that have a hundred listeners that have, you know, five hundred listeners. Like even the biggest ones out there, even like the Dak Shepherds of the world or whatever who are, you know, who have, have a celebrity platform before they start podcasting. Even they don't, it's not, they don't have millions of listeners. It's all a little smoke and mirrors in the entire situation. So I think many of us go into it saying like, oh yeah, we're used to the YouTube number. So it's like, well, if there's not 500 people that have, you know, clicked through and listened to this at the end, like what a failure, why am I even doing this? But it's a slow burn. And yeah, like you said, like you could have a really successful monetized podcast 
with 50 people, with 30 people, like if they love you and they're willing to buy your t-shirt or join your membership or, you know, or join your Patreon or whatever it is that you've used to monetize your podcast, you can do that with just a handful of people that love you. You don't need millions of people. And in fact, it's probably not actually real anyway. Someone has convinced you that that's the magic number and that's not the magic number. It's true. I have this like social media number in my head that everything has to be a million, like a million (laughs) viewers, a million followers. And like, as somebody who's not into that so much, I'm like, that's crazy. Like, how do you do that? Like, how is that? Because the thing is to be successful, you don't need a million of anything, right? That's the whole thing. And an example that I can give, which is not exactly podcasting, but it was a live streaming that a individual would just go on and start live streaming his passion for cigars and he'll sit there and just puff away on his cigar and have like a brandy, a cocktail and just hang out. And he had an average of two to three viewers. And that's what he would get on his live streams. Happened to be that one of those three viewers was like the head honcho of this cigar company and he had been looking for a new way to advertise and ended up sponsoring this person's live stream and that one viewer changed his whole dynamic from doing something that he loved to now getting paid for puffing on cigars while he goes live that's so cool it is the passion Yeah, there you go, right? Joe says, I, I'm only into 20s and I did a happy dance. Yeah, absolutely. 20, I, we're, we have 18 right now watching live. Um, you know, and I think we, I was looking at our podcast numbers this morning. I think we are just over somewhere between 1,000 and 2,000 total downloads since we started in August. And I'm thrilled with that. We have like slow, sustained growth. You know, our mission is here to help people to understand, you know, all of the different ways that you can get into podcasting and video creation and live streaming. But you know, what's come out of a ton of it is now been working at Ecamm for over three years. And because of this show, I now get notes all the time of people who are like, oh, we need someone who's an expert on podcasting to come onto our show, or we need, you know, a speaker for our virtual event. So the network has grown because we're here and there's only 16 to 18 of you watching live right now. But when you think later about, you know, podcasting tips or podcasting advice, you're going to be thinking about Ecamm. You're going to be thinking about Doc and me and Luis and maybe also Natalie and you're going to reach out. I I have another question. And I know you guys have talked about this before, not necessarily today, but equipment. So Obviously, anybody who's watching live can see this wonderful sun journey I've been having going on my face (laughs) and my squinting um, because I'm in Montreal. It's very winter here right now. It was cloudy and there was a huge snowstorm this morning. So I didn't even think. I'm like, it's cloudy. I have a bit of natural light. We're good. Clearly, the sun has come out and we're not good because I have this crazy line. My eyes are like pinpoints because I'm squinting. So what do you guys recommend for like a a newbie beginner, not too expensive stuff that we can get? Like, what should I have done instead of sitting in my window for my gorgeous natural light? Well, to tell you, I think that the one thing that you could have done is actually probably put just like if you had a shade, right? So that it wouldn't be direct harsh light. And if you can soften it, then it probably would have been fine because even though the sun was, 
you know, like moving past, it wouldn't have been direct light. And that's it. Just something to kind of like soften it before it hits you directly. Um, but when it comes to this, to better answer it, it would have to be, are you looking at this point? I would have to ask because is it going to be audio only or video and audio? Because if you're only going to do audio, I still recommend using a platform like this for that one-on-one -on -one conversation where it's more natural, even if you decide to not use the video at all. And then I would tell you, you should be looking at audio first, because one of the models that I always say is bad audio is unwatchable. So whether you have a 4K signal, if the audio is incomprehensible, then at that moment, you're tuning right out. And when it comes to podcasting, you don't have the visual medium as an aspect. So it's audio only. And, you know, you have to be cognizant of people like popping sounds, crackling, things like that, distortion you know, where, where you be getting a lot of negative feedback because the audio is bad. So audio first would be what I would tell you when it comes to gear. And and I'm just going to mention this as well. You've sounded great this entire time. See, she's got she's got the mini shore, my favorite mini shore. And, that's it. and something <laughs> that simple, right? A USB microphone that isolates the signal that you're giving it is good enough for you to start a podcast. So what you have right now is definitely more than good enough. Yeah. Yeah. As Steven says, I'm in, I'm in Montreal too. So yay. Hey, <laughs> Montreal. And then yeah, start with blinds. The I, I do have a reason for that though. Just a small deviation from our topic. Um, I do have curtains, but um, my cat uh, likes to sit on my, this is my work office at home. She likes to sit on my desk and look out the windows. So she just shredded them. So I do need to buy new curtains. Um, cat problem. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a cat issue, not not a curtain issue. Yeah, I, I would pull the blinds if I had any. <laughs> For anyone who's in Natalie's situation, right? That has ripped up blinds or anything like Paul, that. Paul. <laughs> Then what you would want to do for anything is really think about lighting with your camera, right? And lighting, you did something really good, which was look for the natural light and get to a window because you assumed that it was just going to be nice and overcast so that you would get a nice, even light. But that's what you're looking for, even light. So I would then tell you if you cannot control the window light, which is really hard, that's why we recommend lights that you can, right? And and that aspect, all you would do is just get anything that you can get your hands on and make sure that it's soft and put it directly in front of you at a 45 degree angle. So, you know, behind the camera or actually, I'm sorry, you're going to put the camera behind the light source so that it doesn't get it right. And then have the light source just drape over you softly, just that would be the primary thing. And if you can get a good soft light source, then you can be set. And here's another, just another pro tip, because not everyone has diffusion. If you have a lamp or a desk lamp or something that you're going to use as that source, what you're trying to avoid is direct light. So just actually point it at the wall against you and hit it full blast so that the light that you're actually getting is bouncing off of the wall. And that will drastically take the edge off of the harshness of the light. Okay. As a newbie, that's awesome to know. I, these are, these are great tips. Taking notes, guys. 
<laughs> well, the other thing is that it's recorded. So, you know, if you forget, you can just watch the replay. Yes, that, that's very true. I can listen to it later or view it again later. Replay is available. Replay is dropping next Tuesday once Luis goes through the file and I go through the audio. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We've we've done it again. We are nearly at the end of our hour. So if you have not gotten your question answered, that's okay. We will get to it. We will circle back and answer questions um, that are left on, on the chat here on YouTube, or you can email us questions, flow at ecam.com, or you can swing over to our Volley, which is a video-centric app where you can leave video questions. I'm still desperate for people to leave me some video questions so I can feature them on the show. Uh, but lots of lots of ways to touch base with questions later. Um, but I did see one come up from Caleb. Uh, Caleb asked, do you find it to be a big difference, plays versus downloads? Um, this is a really great question. And I, I don't have like a solid answer on it yet because I'm still in six-month test mode. <laughs> I feel like for the first year, at least, I'm going to claim that I am learning actively and not an expert or a genius on this. But it does appear as though, and I know this even from my own podcasting experience, I almost never download an episode. I like I will subscribe to podcasts I like so I get reminders, obviously, and I leave reviews because I know how much that matters to, to podcasters. But um, but I only ever download a podcast if I, you know, I'm gonna do like a road trip or, you know, or if I'm in an area where I might not have cell coverage or Wi-Fi ability, or, you know, I just want to make sure that I get all the way through an episode, but I don't hardly ever download. And so I kind of take downloads with a bit of a grain of salt. Like I feel like the download number plus 10%, 20%, some, some percentage is what the actual listenership is because you do have a lot of people who are not going to download. That's not there. They may not even subscribe. They might just be, you know, listening before they make final decisions or, Maybe that's just not the way that they function. But then I have a question for you, Katie, because I don't actually see the captivate numbers. Oh, we should. I know I was. Th that's why I left it for you. No, no. Do you want to? Uh, this is this is putting you on the spot, Louise, but I can open Captivate and we can share my screen and I can go through with everyone to see our Captivate numbers. We'd have to talk it through for our listeners, but I'm happy to show them. You know, the question that I had was not so much getting into the detail, but just is there an option there that shows you the difference between downloads and listens? Um, I can't remember. I'm going to open it now. I'm opening because it now. The reason why I think, and I'm just assuming, but the reason why I think Caleb mentioned that is because some podcatchers or some pod players, right? If you're subscribed to a particular podcast, they will automatically download your episode once it's available so that it's already there to be listened to offline when they decide to go because not everyone is usually like maybe within a Wi-Fi network or listens to them in that manner. You know, like they put it on, uh, I don't even know, some other device while they cut the lawn or something like that. Yeah. So, so I'm looking now and Captivate says in the analytics section, there is a summary and they, we have a category called unique listeners. It says a unique listener is someone who is from the same IP address and the same device within the presented time frame, This is a way of estimating the number of people downloading your show based on the IAB version two guidelines, which I'll have to look up. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> and then there is a downloads overview, which shows me the amount of downloads. And then there's a downloads averages. So they do seem to have a difference between listeners and downloads, but they look, mm, I'm looking at the numbers and they look pretty 
they look like they are the same. So I wonder if it's, I think it all, it still all is based on downloads. So my guess there is that it is, these numbers are higher than what they appear because I do think that a lot of people are not necessarily, and then also obviously the YouTube numbers are not reflected in our Captivate account. So, and YouTube is going to show us, you know, how many people viewed, whether it's the live or the replay, we have how many live viewers. And then we also have drop off, right? Because when you're on YouTube, most people get distracted halfway through or <laughs> not going to stay all the way through. So YouTube will also give us that, that date on, you know, how many people actually watch the entire episode. Or if they're like me, they start on video and then they're like, oh shoot, I've got to go get the kids. And then they, it goes on to like the YouTube player on my phone and I'm listening and then it comes back to video at the end. So I, I do both. And here's another tip for anyone who's looking to start doing this themselves is that you have to put into account the way that you watch or the way that you listen to your own content and recognize that that's how other people do it the same way. So, for example, like you said it perfectly, like you could start watching something and end up listening to the other half because of the way that you have availability for it. And, you know, some podcasts for me. I can't listen to them all the time. So the downloading feature is there. And then I binge listen to like two or three episodes because now I have the time to listen to podcasts. So understand that. And the last thing that most people really do forget is that a lot of people or the majority of people are either watching or listening to this podcast or this content that you're creating on their phones, right? And in the middle of a podcast or a video, you'll get a phone call, you'll get a text message, you'll get a this, you'll get a that, and it'll totally kick that person right out of the viewing experience and open up a completely different app. And that's exactly where the drop-off happens. And people are wondering, why is this so sporadic? It was like, because it has to do with the audience's life, not your particular content. I do listen to everything on my phone, all videos, like I'm most of the time, it goes around with me, right? So that makes sense. This just in, Paul Duncan says that IAB is the Interactive Advertising Bureau. So look at that. See, nice. this is the benefit of live streaming is that you have amazing people like Paul who are just Thanks, like Paul. hardworking in the chat, answering all of the questions, being super moderators about everything. I love it. Always listening while multitasking. I absolutely love it. Well, we are at the end. We don't want to take up too much of everyone's time because I know it's the holiday season and everyone's closing everything down. Natalie's got to get back to her thing, everything. But you, I, I'm feeling more inspired, Nat. I think next, I think starting January, we might finally be able to. Maybe we'll do it, guys. Talk about <laughs> 90s and, and early 2000s movies and have epic conversations and debates. I'm definitely going to go listen to Todd's breakdown of Die Hard. That, that'll, be, that'll maybe help us get uh, really inspired. But Thanks for helping me, guys, with my goofy questions. <laughs> yeah, they, no, thank you for being on. I think it's always good. I feel like sometimes... We all are like, oh, I don't want to ask that because people will think that then I don't, I didn't do my research. So it's good to have, it's good to have a plant <laughs> to ask all of, all of the questions. 
All right, here we are on the outro that I always screw up, but Luis is helping me go through. So if you love this content, please grab the audio-only podcast. You can find us at flow.ecam.com. That's E-C-A-M-M.com. And you can listen to us wherever you want. So whether that's Google, like Nat, or you're in the Apple, like me, or Spotify, if you're crazy. No, just kidding. Um, you can find us anywhere that podcast getting is got, as Doc would say. We also have a volley which I keep pushing everyone over to. Um, yeah, give me a reason to go hang out in the volley. Volley allows you to leave video questions. It's asynchronous. So they're little recorded short form video questions you can record with your phone and then we can feature them here, which would be super fun. And then final shout out to our incredible, amazing friends at Speedify who keep us powered when Amesbury is like, forget it. I'm turning off the internet. Speedify keeps the internet going. If you are the kind of person that is doing traveling or you're out on the go or you're in a bad internet area and you're trying to do this podcast thing, please, please, please swing over to speedify.com. They are a godsend in, in keeping it affordable. They are also a VPN. So if you are in Canada, like I am often and overdue to get back there. You can still watch all your American shows in Canada or all your Canadian shows in the States. So <laughs> you can use the VPN to check that out, but you can find them at speedify.com. We did it. We did another episode of The Flow. There was no doc and we still made it through. Luis, thank you so much for helping out. Nat, thanks uh, so much for hanging so out. It was so much fun. <laughs> Bye, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays, live video audience. You are part of the Ecamm fam, which I assume you are because you're hanging out with us here today. Quick reminder that we'll cut out of the podcast later that the Ecamm Holiday Hangout is happening tomorrow on Discord. If you're like me and you're brand new and stupid about Discord, don't worry. We're going to be all stupid there together. It's going to be awesome. You need to go into Discord, ecamm.tv slash Discord. And then you've got to click on the emoji. That's how like you open the rooms and unlock the content. So first you got to click the check mark and literally press the check mark emoji that's right below the content. That'll make sure that we know that you're cool with the rules because we don't want any non-rule followers in our space. And then it'll say like roles. And all that means is like, what kind of content do you like? Are you a podcaster? Are you a live streamer? So you, just, you click all of those emoji and they're really cute. So you're like, I'm a fish and also this smiley face. And every time you click those, another room and area opens up with filled with amazing people that can hang out with you. So it, it's a really fun space. I'm forcing Ken and Glenn to hang out there with us tomorrow. So between 12 and 2 p.m. Eastern, we'll be in Discord hanging out super low key, no questions. And we'll just... We'll do some holiday cheers and who knows? We have a musical crew. Maybe there'll be some singing. Anything's possible. Anything's possible in the Discord space. You got to find out. Anything's possible. Come find out with us tomorrow, 12 to 2. It's my last, my last hurrah. I'll be eating all the rest of these chocolates <laughs> one after another. I'm getting low. I had a, It was full earlier. I'm getting lower. So yeah, it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's it. Well, that's it. I would like to say thank you for everyone here. This has been an awesome experience learning and everything as being, you know, from the editor to the producer of the podcast, of the Flow podcast. So I can't wait to keep it rolling for 2023. Super excited to see where we go from here. Yeah. And that's a good reminder. We're off next week. So if you're here next week and you're feeling sad face, watch one of the replay episodes, listen to us, leave a well, review. They'll, and we'll they'll be able to see today's episode fully edited. So they'll still get that in there. Perfect. <laughs> Bye, everyone. We'll see you next, next, next week. We'll see you 2023. 2023. <laughs> Bye.
calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yeah, we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.